Welcome back to Sister Brunch, the podcast all about black women and gender expansive people thriving in entertainment and media. I am your host, Fanchon Cox. Sister Brunch traveled to New Orleans for the Essence Film Festival this summer, where we had the amazing opportunity to interview incredibly talented filmmakers and writers and actors about their craft. In these next few episodes, you'll be hearing our conversations live from the Essence Film Festival's Filmmaker Lounge. Hi, everyone. My name is Farida Abdul-Wahab, and I'm a TV executive and associate producer of the Sister Brunch podcast. Today, I am here with D'Angela Proctor, who is, we're going to get into it because she's, you can't call it a jack of all trades. She's more a master of all, if I must say. And she is, well, from what I heard, attorney turned TV executive turned director. Am I missing anything in that lineup? Well, I am a entrepreneur turned attorney. Okay. Ooh, okay. Turned or returned to being an entrepreneur. <laughs> okay. To being a filmmaker and a content creator, to okay. then being a television executive okay. and then a studio executive okay. and then a C suite executive turned director. Listen, that's amazing <laughs> and that's very inspirational. And as much as I want to dive into your entire story and how we got along that way, I know you recently had your directorial debut where you directed Keisha Cole's film on Lifetime, Keisha Cole, This Is My Story. Yes, ma'am. On Lifetime. So we wanted to talk more about that and how your directorial debut has been, how your transition has been. And yeah, tell us about that journey and what made you make that pivot from everything else to now being a director. Well, I mean, I'd like to say that it was planned, but it was not. I had been working on the development of the Keisha Cole story with Keisha and with the amazing writer, Angelica Sherry. And when it was time to select a director, it was very important to me for it to be a African-American woman director. But there were so many people who were working. There were so many people. Like, I provided the network, I think, a list of... 30 different people with, you know, whether they were DGA or not, whether they were available or not, what types of projects they had worked on previously. But none of them quite fit the bill. Either they were DGA and we, you know, this was a non-DGA project, or they were working, or their materials weren't, didn't warrant the opportunity, things like that, or, you know, and a host of other reasons not worth going into here. But... (laughs) So the network introduced both Keisha and I to a wonderful director named Manu Boer. And I, you know, he's, he's a, a, a French man and he's been in the States for a while directing, wonderful person. And, you know, this is no slight against him, but I was just like, no, right. you know, I was like, no. Yeah. And by the way, no. <laughs> so, and I knew that, you know, working with an artist who is playing herself and an artist that I had worked with for a year or, or more in developing this story, I knew that no matter who we hired, no matter who the person was, that when the director gave her certain direction, she would look to me to see if it was good or should she listen or what have you, or she would be uh, maybe resistant and she'll, she'll stop them in their tracks and say, D'Angela, so I, I knew that that would happen, mm-hmm. no matter who the director was. But then I also knew 
that if the director didn't have the right cultural sensitivities for the project or the cultural exposure to this project, that as the producer, I would be doing hair, makeup, wardrobe, locations, authenticity check, all of these things that, yes, it's part of my job, but a lot of the things, depending on the timing of them and the depth of them, did not fall inside of my purview. Right. And, and I said, well, you know, if I'm going to be co-directing, then I should be co-directing. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. Okay. Did you enjoy yeah. it? And yes, <laughs> did you enjoy it? And it's something you say you want to do it again or? Well, I absolutely need to do it again. Um, okay. I need to do it again for a host of reasons. Uh, mm -hmm. I need to do it again so that I am directing something that did not have a lot of the elements that this project had. Okay. So this one had a, you know, the, the lead actress playing herself. Okay, okay. You have a network with, with um, desires. Mm -hmm. uh, I, was, I had to co-direct. Mm -hmm. I had to work with not one, but two production services companies on right. the project. Mm -hmm. I, there were so many things that I would like to not have happen in a next iteration of me directing. Where you could just focus so, more on solely directing. And solely directing and controlling what the narrative is, right? Okay, controlling gotcha. what the, truly controlling what mm -hmm. the story is, truly being the vision of the story from top to bottom. I right. was that in, in some to some degree with Keisha, certainly, but I need something that I can just kind of sink my teeth into. Mm -hmm. To I don't want any questions about who did what. <laughs> you know, I don't need right. any questions about well, who inspired that or who mm -hmm. made that decision. All of them are mine. Right. Okay. That sounds good. In spirit of this weekend, we would like to ask you. As we honor and celebrate so many of our black icons this weekend, we are reminded of the importance of legacy and the people we come from. Can you tell us about an early memory you had of learning about black history that made you feel more confident or that more was possible for you? Oh, wow. I went to Spelman College, so. <laughs> that says it all. So it's kind of like in and of itself, that experience being exposed to Spelman and my colleagues, I'm sorry, my classmates and my mm -hmm. professors and Dr. Janetta Cole was the president at the time. We started at the same time. That's why we call her a sister president. Our class calls her sister president. Uh -huh. But, you know, at Spelman, you are required to attend chapel. Mm -hmm. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but you have to go to chapel. And, and at chapel, that. there are all these amazing speakers. So I was exposed to people like Marion Wright Edelman or exposed to lawyers and doctors mm -hmm. and politicians and public servants mm -hmm. where you are taught that your existence on this planet is needs to be paid for in your service. Gotcha. So to follow up with that question, this wouldn't be Sister Brunch if we didn't ask this signature question, which is you're sitting down to a Sister Brunch with your younger self. What are you eating? What are you both drinking? And what do you tell her? What am I eating? Oh, well. Well, you eating, drinking. Okay, and, well, we, it's gumbo. <laughs> okay, gotcha, gotcha. In honor of us being in New Orleans right, right. now. Well, actually, I'm from Texas, okay. and uh, my favorite food is a good bowl of gumbo, gotcha. but it has okay. to be right. So I would say seafood gumbo with okra. Okay, yeah, that's some, everyone yeah, exactly. liking that. <laughs> so that's number one. Um, for a cocktail, 
It doesn't have to be a cocktail, right? It can be any beverage. It, yeah, any beverage. It could be, but could, but yeah. it could be a cocktail. Okay. It could be, yeah. I'm a tequila girl, okay. so you know anything okay. with tequila, a good Paloma or okay. a really amazing margarita with the right mm-hmm. amount of sweetness, splash of orange juice to balance it. Okay. It's great. And what would I talk to her about, or what would, would you I tell share her? Like her? A, a piece of advice you would share with her, like something you know now that you didn't know then that you want to share with her. Well, I would share with her some things that I have to tell myself every day today even and you know oh goodness it's that I am enough Mm. and that I deserve all the good things right right I deserve all of the good things and 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 most importantly I would tell her that ambition and motivation that those aren't bad things Mm. it's okay it's okay to be those things that's what I would tell her I have a follow-up. Did someone okay. maybe put it in your head growing up that ambition is bad or motivation? Like, Well, I'm a good Christian girl and okay. was born and raised in the church, in the Baptist church in the South, more specifically. And my grandfather was the pastor of our church. And I would say that there's a dogma around success hmm. that, you know, I think in, in the past I would say 15 years or so, there's been these prosperity ministries that have popped up. But when I was mm-hmm. growing up, prosperity ministry was not, it was, the prosperity ministries were not welcomed. Okay. And so I've always been taught if you do the work, put your head down, someone will see it, good things will happen, mm-hmm. God will bless you, and things like that. But in this day and age, if you're not talking about it, just be, if you're if you're doing it and you're not talking about it and you're, you're not, not controlling your narrative, are you really doing it? Right, right, right. Yeah. So, and so, prosperity ministry. Can you just if for people right. who are not familiar, what is sure. what is that? So the prosperity ministry can can be that if you tithe and if you praise mm-hmm. God ah, and okay. if you if you are a good Christian that God will provide. Gotcha. Right. And that, that you can have like his riches are are bountiful. So Monday, yeah. and, and and they're they're there and they're available for you. Mm-hmm. Right. When I was coming up, it's about hum- it was about humility. Ah, gotcha. Right. Okay. And so there's there's there, there can be a disconnect mm-hmm. between being humble mm-hmm. and being being confident. Gotcha. To bring it back to your directorial debut, mm-hmm. can you please share with us what was one of your most challenging moments on directing your feature and also what was one of your most joyful, greater moments? The thing about production is you're only as good as your prep, your prep mm-hmm. time. And the most challenging thing about the movie on a daily basis would have been some of the times where we went to a set that we've not even tech scouted before, Ooh. right? Like mm-hmm. going into a set cold, right. that would be the most challenging. And then getting on set when you did have a tech scout, but mm-hmm. you didn't have that many options for locations. And you're like, you know what? I can make it work. Right. You think that in your head and then you get there and it's, there's something about when those cameras start coming up, when they start mm-hmm. like laying the, the right. cables. Yeah. When they start laying the cables, it's like, oh, this is about to be a hot set. It's a real location now. Mm. And it is honestly and truly, you have this, it's like a dread. It's like a knowing 
where you're like, you know what? This is not the right place. Give me five minutes mm -hmm. and let me figure it out. Then you go into the corner. And for me, my practice is prayer. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, give me something. Right. Right. Like I'm looking, I'm looking around. What's the perfect place? What's mm -hmm. the, you know, where, where should we calibrate? What, what should we do to make this work? And so those would be the most challenging parts when you're literally in a place where you know the words are on the paper, you have the talent there, mm -hmm. but the environment isn't right. It's yeah. not conducive for what you're trying to do. So. And like, I mean, it's just like this beautiful yellow wall here. Yeah. This podcast would not look great if we were on that brick gray ugly wall right. over there. It just right. wouldn't look right. It's part of the canvas. Right. And so I would say that those were the most challenging moments, mm -hmm. which, by the way, if you're not prepared, makes your day longer. Right. Right. So the most challenging day would have been our last shoot night where we were literally literally on set for 22 hours. 22 hours, like a full, full day, sun coming up and everything like it was. And no sleep. No sleep. But here's the rub. Wow. That was also the most rewarding because we figured it out. We did probably, we did six locations in one, maybe, I uh, might be sizing it a little bit. Maybe, <laughs> well, no, I'm just going to yeah. add them up. I feel you. Nightclub one, uh -huh. nightclub two, which was a salsa club. So they're two okay. different clubs. In one location. Spoken word clubs. Three. We're at three. Okay. And then you have the... Um, the dressing room okay. uh, where some of the stuff happened. Four. So that's four. Four locations in one night. Wow. And it was raining. Mm. And everyone was exhausted. Exhausted. So that was the most rewarding and uh, most challenging night, I think, okay. that I've had as a director. And then, <laughs> then at the <laughs> end then. of the night, <laughs> no, no, seriously, at the end of the night, you're like, everybody's celebrating. You're so tired. It's hard right. to celebrate. Right. But it was a good, it was a good That's experience good. for sure. So with all of that, you say you pray, you get your mind together. Is there anyone on set that you lean on that gives you your support? Like, were you able to like pick your DP or assistant or like, cause I feel like this is a very collaborative industry and we often, you know, find our tribe and create with them. So who was that for you? Or who do you tend to like, I need this in my corner cause this is who or what is going to help me you know, create the best work possible? I mean, obviously you have a team, right? You have right. a DP, I had a co-director, I had a, right. the DP is amazing, young guy, Roger Alexander. Mm -hmm. You have your, you know, your keys, your production designer, you have your wardrobe. But when you're making a movie of this magnitude, mm -hmm. the limited amount of prep days, the limited amount of shoot days, by the way, we shot this movie in 15 days. So you're talking about <laughs> 17 years of a person's life, right? right? In 15 you're talking days. about all those hair changes. Mm -hmm. Watch the movie and count the hair changes. I will. Right? It, you're talking about all this, all, all of these things in such a truncated, small period of time. And you're dealing with people who do these movies like this all the time. Right. Right? Because it's a production services company. They right. stick with the kind of the same people. Mm -hmm. So they're accustomed to... Well, sometimes you get Turning stuff, sometimes yeah. you don't. You guys are going to figure it out. Right. But as the director and the producer, that cannot be my 
that cannot be my resolve. Like right. I have to push, push, push because I want this to be elevated. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be, you know, just just another movie. Like, Correct. and this is yeah. this is Keisha's life, right? Right. This is her life that we're responsible for, and so in in that yeah. regard, you have to continue. You have to be the bull in the china closet, so to speak, and just keep making sure that that people show up and do more than what they're accustomed to doing. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, this is D'Angela Proctor. Please go and watch Keisha Cole. This is my life on Lifetime or Hulu if you have it. And I am Farida Abdul-Wahab. Follow Sister Brunch, Sister Brunch Podcast on Instagram and on, you can find us also at sisterbrunch.com. 